So it's Labor Day weekend. Yay! <laughs> Yay for communists. Oh no. <laughs> Look up the origins of Labor. No, don't. Maybe don't do that. Labor Day is like this human attempt to redress the balance between work and the rest of life, isn't it? It's like, let's give everybody a day off so that they can appreciate the fact that the other 364 days of the year they're having to kill themselves. <laughs> but I want us to see, and that's why I want to focus on rest for today, I want us to see that God has always had a good design for how we should live. And it doesn't rest on just taking one day off every September to kind of take a deep breath and hope you can get through the rest of the year, things like that. Um, because we are created in God's image. And so there's something about what I want to share today that should resonate with your heart. Okay, got good news for you this morning. You are not just some kind of accidentally advanced mutant monkey. All right? You're not. You were created in God's image. All of you. All y'all. <laughs> to speak the local. Right? Come on. <laughs> and we are like God. Genesis 1 verse 26. Let us create mankind, humanity, in our image. Notice it's not let us create men in our image. It's all of us. Okay, so the image of God is neither masculine nor feminine, it's masculine and feminine. Don't let me chase that squirrel too far because I haven't got time, but you can check it out. And I want you to understand from Genesis, because the, be the beginning is the most important place, right? From Genesis we see that rest is part of God's nature. Okay, so how many days were there in creation? Six. And then what happened next? Rest. Yes. So in Genesis 2, it says that God Sabbathed on the seventh day. That's the Hebrew word. I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce it correctly, but the verb that we use as Sabbath, it's a verb as well as a noun. Okay? It's you do something. So resting is doing. Resting is an activity. It's something we choose to do. Just like you chose to get up this morning and get in the car and come here. Good choice. Well, resting is something we do by choice, and it's a good choice because it's part of who God is. And so in, uh, when he, he Sabbathed on the seventh day, to, to crystallize that word, I, I like to say crystallize because crystal's so good at taking one word and making 20 out of it that amplifies the meaning, right? So if I crystallize that word, it means to cease, to keep, to repose, to rest, to desist, and to cause to cease. I couldn't do it with a crystal voice, but sounds like crystal, right? I think she had to step out again, but she was here. <laughs> Tell her I bragged on her. She's wonderful. <laughs> but what God did on the seventh day was distinctly different from the other six. He didn't stop because he was tired. Did you get that? Okay, it didn't exhaust God to make everything. He just spoke it, and it was. But on the seventh day, by choice, he stopped. And guess what? We stopped with him. 
So rest is part of the rhythm that is in God. That's why worship's so wonderful, because there's rhythm in God. I don't think it's any accident that we got the drums back today, because I wanted to talk about rhythm this morning. Right? And it all came together. Thank you again, John. Thank you again, Steve and Laurie. Thank you again, worship team. Because there's a rhythm in God. Sherry came up to me during the worship and she said God had showed her about just take a <gasps> deep breath and then <sighs> let it out and feel God causing stuff to shed off of you and fill you with fresh life and all of that light. There's a rhythm in all of us. Your heart is beating to a rhythm. Your lungs are, are breathing to a rhythm because there's rhythm in God and everything in God has a cycle to it. That's, that's an unusual concept for us because we're Westerners. We think linear, right? But God is cyclical. Hebraic thought goes in cycles. And God's cyclical thinking includes rest. And the rhythm of, of Sabbath is an expression of God's nature. It predates any of the giving of the law. So we don't Sabbath because it says so in the commandments. God was Sabbathing from the very beginning. And we've been Sabbathing with him. But the fourth commandment says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, right? Exodus 20, verse 8. That holy is not religious holy. It's not, don't you dare dance on Sunday or anything like that. Right? It's not that kind of, it's not a kind of make yourself perfect so God won't hate you kind of holy. Holy simply means set apart, separated, kept for a purpose, to reflect God. Let me ask you a personal question. How many of you have a mirror in your bathroom? Okay. How many of you find that mirror gets dirty? You know, you're washing your face, or if you're a man, you're shaving, or you brush your teeth. I had an accident with my toothbrush the other day where I got one of these electric ones, and it kind of slipped out of my mouth while I was brushing my teeth, and it went <laughs> all, over the, all over the mirror. Well, guess what? When the mirror gets dirty, you can't see properly in it, can you? But you and I are created to be a mirror of God. And rest is what washes or cleanses that mirror so we reflect God more fully again. That's what holy means. Keep the Sabbath, the reflection of God, comes through that. You keep it holy because you're reflecting the rhythm of God in resting. Hmm. Yes. It goes on in verse 11, the same commandment, because actually the fourth commandment is the second longest of all the commandments. Interesting that the, the one about keeping the rhythm of rest would be the one with the most instruction to it, right? It's almost like God knew that we would have a struggle with this one. But on verse 11, it says, For the Lord your God made all the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. So I'm like, okay, God, what does that mean that you rested and I looked up the word 
and because I'm not a Hebrew scholar, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it, but it's the same word that's used when the ark came to rest after the flood. It's a sort of a settling in to the right place. And it's the same word that's used in Numbers 11 when Moses got overwhelmed by trying to lead this bunch of whiners out of Egypt and into the promised land. And God told him to pick a bunch of elders and leaders within the community. And it says the Holy Spirit rested on them. That same sense of it just resting on you and putting you into that place is what God did on the seventh day, according to the commandment. It's like God's like, okay, here it all is. And now, yeah, I can settle and enjoy settle into this whole creation that I've created. And that so doesn't fit with how we're trained to be. And that's where the challenge of rest comes in. Because we're not cyclical people, I said that already. We tend to be achievement-based, don't we? So that's rooted in a sense of, uh, of lack if you look at it in your own heart. When I feel like I've got to get something done, it's because something's missing and I've got to make sure I fix it or I've got to make sure that I provide or I've got to make sure that I've finished what I started or I've got to make sure that I, I, I'm not being lazy. Or, and it's a drivenness that comes out of a, um, something missing in my heart, something incomplete within me. And God doesn't have that drive to achieve because God is complete. And I want us to get a taste this morning of God's completeness because we can train ourselves to do the same as God did and to settle in to that place of completeness that we can only find in him. So I'm not talking about rest in the way of distraction from work. Because some of us rest that way, don't we? We rest by watching sports on TV or by binge-watching Netflix or by reading a book. Or, or we, we do things to distract us from our busyness. But I want to suggest that's not rest. I want to suggest that that's not going to be what God designed us for. It's not distraction... It's recreation, which if you listen to it carefully is recreation. When I rest, something gets recreated within me. That's how I know if I've rested or not, is that I feel, or maybe don't feel, but I know something has got recreated within me. That's the image and the reflection of God in the rhythm of life. It's a stopping to experience Him. It's a settling into that place that only I can fill in His heart. It's a returning to the place that we were first created for, in our Father's embrace. It's um, a perfect relationship with a perfect God, 
who created you and me to be just like him. He wants to rest on us and he wants us to rest in him. We can allow God to do that when we learn to rest. So my title this morning, I probably should have told you this at the beginning, but rest is faith in action. Rest is faith in action. And I thought about putting it up there without the space as well. Because rest is faith in action. It's faith being still. But I didn't put it up there like that. I put it up like that. So that's okay. In Psalm 46, verse 10, God says, Be still and know that I'm God. Be still means to cease striving, to stop trying. And know is much more than just knowledge with my brain, it's experience. And then you notice that he puts in there, I am which is what he revealed to Moses as his name. Cease struggling and experience I am. You can do that right now. In fact, would you like to just for a second? I'll hush. Close your eyes. Cease striving. He's here. For you. Letting him come to you is not a destination, it's a rhythm. It's something we repeat, just like breathing or your heart beating or eating or drinking or sleeping. It's a destination. It's not a destination, excuse me. It's a rhythm. It's not a law. It's an invitation. That's why Jesus told us that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So be still and know that I am God. If you look in the book of James, you'll find that James had this revelation that faith and works are a married couple. They're different, but they belong together. Because God creates and God rests. And we can work and rest because we're created in God's image. God wants us to marry the two together. And God's design for you and for me is that we experience him in this regular rhythm of receive and then achieve. And receive and then achieve. And receive 
and then achieve. Because as Sherry said, I can't breathe out unless I breathe in. <laughs> so what gets in the way? What's happening to me when I can't rest or I struggle to rest? Right? I identified six different things that I just want to name for you. And then we're going to do an exercise together where we can allow God to teach us to rest. So sometimes I struggle to rest because I haven't developed that rhythm. Simple as that. So it's my rhythm that is where God wants to work. Sometimes I can't rest because of external pressure. Because we live in a world that's not designed to have that rhythm that God created us for. And I recognize the pressure, and as I resist that in God and turn back to him, that's when I find uh, the solution. Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, In returning and rest you shall be saved. So I turn away from the pressure and toward God. Sometimes I struggle to rest because of lack in my life. A lack of awareness of how loved I am. A lack of provision. A lack of relationships. Many kinds of lack cause my heart to, to be on like a hamster wheel. I'm looking for the what's missing. But of course we have a father who knows everything we need. So as we come to him, he will help us to find rest rather than to stay in that place of lack. Three more. Sometimes I find I can't rest because I'm striving. And I've learned to ask myself the question and then ask God the question, what am I trying to achieve before I receive? Because often that will show me where I need to go in him to get the answer that will cease that striving and I'll be able to know that he is God. Sometimes it's more a question of distrust and I need to recognize that there are areas in my heart that have been hurt in the past that cause me to put a wall between me and God, which I'm experiencing as distrust when he wants me to trust him and to step into rest. So we know a lot around here about processing hurt, don't we, and bringing it to God. So we do that. We bring the hurt to God and receive his comfort in place of the pain of whatever it was that happened. And then, when I've received his comfort, I'll often experience that as rest. Or the final thing that occurred to me that causes me to struggle to rest is my own shame. As I look back in my life, I have plenty of things in my life to be ashamed of. And I can't fix those <laughs> in order to be acceptable to God. And the enemy loves to remind me that I can't do that. But the great truth that we've celebrated again this morning when we took communion is that Jesus has taken my shame. He's taken my sin. He's taken all that would get in the way so I can come back and turn away from the past into the present. We call it the present because it's where God is. God is present in the present. So I said Isaiah 30 verse 15 already, but it's a lovely verse because it's in returning to him, 
and in rest, you shall be saved. And the rest word there is the word that means fullness. Any of you who've ever seen a baby that's just been nursed, that baby is at rest. You know, that kind of... I was hoping Winston would be here this morning, but he couldn't make it. Or to put it in terms that most of us would be familiar with, it's that feeling you get about 30 minutes after a Thanksgiving meal. Fullness leads to rest. And so God wants to fill you and me again today. As we turn back to him, he wants to fill us with rest. And he wants it to become a rhythm for us. There remains a Sabbath rest, Hebrews 4, verse 9. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Quite a while ago now, I was in Kansas City doing a weekend and we experienced God taking us into a place of rest on the Sunday morning. We'd invited Holy Spirit to hijack the service if he wanted to and he said he would. And so we found ourselves just laying on the floor and receiving what God wanted us to receive. And that's how I wanted to conclude this morning. I wanted to give you a little taste. We may not do all of this because of time, but it's about a 35-minute experience of intimacy with God. If you'd like to lay on the floor, you can, but I maybe would suggest you sit in your chair. But what I would suggest you do is that you put your phone where it can't disturb you and any other distraction, put it aside. And we're going to take some time to do what Ruth did you remember she lay down at the feet of her kinsman redeemer and the instruction she had was lay down at his feet and he will tell you what to do. And that was what Holy Spirit wanted to do that morning and the church recorded it. And we're going to play this now. And I want you to breathe in what he has for you as we do this together. I'm Mark Berlinson. Let me explain what you are about to experience. At a weekend in Kansas City, the pastor prayed for me before I stepped up to preach on Sunday morning. As he prayed, God's love overwhelmed me and I fell to the floor. As I lay there, the pastor shared a prophetic word the church had recently received out of the book of Ruth. The word said that as the future bride lays at the feet of her kinsman redeemer, he will show her what to do. The recording that follows is our response to God's presence as we lay at his feet. That morning we were touched and changed. I trust you will be too, as you join me now at his feet. If you want to join me in laying at his feet, wow. I just invite you to do that now. Wow. Anybody wants to lay at his feet? This is wow. Just lay at his feet. Wow. Mm. 
we prayed this morning for divine interruptions. So we're going to begin by just being in His presence. into intimacy there's a river of intimacy flowing in this place this morning there's a river of intimacy flowing in this place this is what we were created for we were created for intimacy Created for Him. As we lay here, we're, we're immersing ourselves in the flow of eternity. The eternal, immortal God. Three in one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit created us, humanity, created us for intimacy, created us for relationship. So let that flow of love, that flow of agape love, wash you, cleanse you, draw you into his heart. This is a thirsty, thirsty world. And every one of us has a choice. Will we run into the world with what we have? Or will we let God carry us into the world with what He has? What we have is like a drop in the desert. But what He has are streams of living water. Streams of living water flowing through his beloved. Let your living water flow, Daddy, in each of your children. Flow through us, Daddy. Fill us with your love. 
fill us with your love. a time when our ancestor Adam was in this position. God didn't make him the way he made everything else. He formed him out of the dirt. And this is for each of you who's laying on the floor right now feeling dirty. Because God God formed Adam. God formed humanity out of a pile of dirt. And then he bent down just as he's doing now to each of us, he drew near, and he kissed that dirt, the kiss of love, the kiss of life, the kiss that transforms dirt into living, breathing, intimate relationships. over the room right now, Father God is coming, drawing close and kissing us with his love, breathing life into us. God loves to kiss life into piles of dirt. Let him kiss you now. (laughs) Let him kiss you now. Let him kiss you now. And as Adam opened his eyes, the very first thing he sees There's no room for shame. 
There's no room for fear. There's nowhere sickness can hide. Insecurity is no more. fresh revelation of rest. As he settles inside of you and you settle inside of him. Would you teach us to embrace the rhythm of Sabbath? To cease striving. To experience you. To know that you are you. And I belong in you and among your people.
So thank you, Father, for rest. Thank you for life. Thank you for intimacy with you. Amen. If you would like someone to agree with you for that rhythm of intimacy and rest in your life, either ask someone close by you at your tables or come on down the front and one of us will be glad to pray with you. If you want the whole of At His Feet, there's some copies over on the table there just for a small price to cover the cost of production. But, uh, this isn't about selling anything, it's about helping you to rest in Him. Because He likes you, and so do we. So have a wonderful week, and we'll see you back here on Friday for Mark DuPont. God bless you.